All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to episode 175 of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger alongside Frank Saravalli. Frank, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Jason, this episode 175 is brought to you by Athletic Brewing. I'm embarking on a journey this January with Athletic Brewing, and I want you to join me. Dry January is going to be a breeze with Athletic's lineup of craft, non-alcoholic beers. They've got a range of IPAs, Goldens, Cervezas, and a rotation of seasonals. I had this upside dawn golden last night, and it was delicious. So stock up for Dry Jan and join me using my promo code FRANK20 for 20% off your first purchase at athleticbrewing.ca until January 31st. And give Dry a try. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all face-offs, fit for all times. All right. Now, we got lots of hockey talk to get to, but first of all, it's December now. I, I have one thing I want to discuss. Uh, Frank, do you have Elf on the Shelf at your house? Yes, unfortunately, I do. Okay. So Our Elf is I, named James. What is your Elf's name? James um, Peter. Okay. Uh, I would just like to say for the parents, of, a few things. Number that shit one, doesn't work? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> Two things. Number one. It says clearly in the instructions, the elf on the shelf comes in December. Stop being a selfish tool and put your, give your kid the elf in late November. I don't need more time to figure out the elf in the shelf. Okay. I don't need it. Somebody actually, somebody let their kid bring it to school on like November 27th. You're not 25th. allowed to touch it. Well, thank you. Then they brought we, it to We school. have like, we, so we have a whole, I guess, accessory kit for, James, our elf on the shelf. And Megan, my wife, bought a, a special glove that like the kids have to put on in order to touch James because he's not that the magic dissipates when you uh, touch hey, James. Yeah, and, supposedly, supposedly they had um, their elf in a bag, but still. So, of course, my son comes home from school. Hey, dad, why did my elf not come? Like, well, it doesn't come until December. Yeah, buddy, so, you're killing it for us. Yeah, think about it for everybody else. And and also, can we stop with the lunacy of some of the setups? I don't need an elf coming in on some zip line across my house, zigzagging down the basement. Like, this is not a contest to show that you can be more creative. You're oh, screwing it, it for everybody else. I just want to say that. 
don't don't be the parent who goes 99 steps above of what you need <laughs> well i'd say unfortunately we are contributors to the problem but i'll tell you this we've tried to use james as a tool to like get our kids in line a bit like we really had a problem the other night with bedtime it was 11:05, and my kids are still awake they refuse to go to sleep we've tried everything some nitamins as i call them also known as melatonin <laughs> Uh, like nothing has worked. So we sent uh, next to James the next morning, we had a, a note that was a notice saying you've been added to the naughty list. And there was a number of reasons listed and, you know, bedtime is one of them. Not listening is another cursing for my son is another, I mean, it's not working. Whatever, whatever they said to do, this is, this is not the, the manual. This is not working. Well, see, it's funny. Well, my son's a rule follower. Anytime, any, I'd be just like, geez, you think Peter would like that? And I was just like, oh, geez. And he gets right back in the line. So it actually works with him. He's, but he's a rule follower, right? From at school. My, my guys could not care less. Any of his coaches have always said, Beckett, you give him a direction, he follows rules. He, he got that clearly from his mother, not his father. I can tell you that. So, but that's just my, whatever you do, hey, if you want to make it so you have Star Wars in your house, okay, fine. But, at least follow the simple guideline December 1st, okay? I had to spend like a week explaining why Peter doesn't come. I'm like, he comes on December 1st. But it, even if you do it earlier, don't be a prick and send it with your kid to school. That's well, the real you. lesson. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. So anyhow, okay, there's my rant, non-hockey. Uh, let's get into hockey because, man, this could be the all-goalie uh, edition. We'll start. There's there's lots of goalies. Jacob Markstrom, Demko, Campbell, Cal Peterson, all in the Pacific Division alone. Oh. We'll get in some other ones, but I guess we'll start first of all um, with uh, Cal Peterson. Put on waivers by the LA Kings. He's you know he's got a five million dollar cap hit. He's got an eight sixty eight save percentage so far after struggling last season with the LA Kings. To me, if if you're going to try to get his career back on track, this is the best way to go about it. Maybe it feels to me like, although he hasn't been good, Cal Peterson was made to be the scapegoat a bit. And it feels like that nine, eight loss to the Seattle Kraken really lit a fire in the LA Kings organization. I'm told the next day when Cal Peterson was put on waivers that Rob Blake held a team meeting and had some choice words for his team was certainly not happy the general manager addressing the group privately. And I think that rankled a few people. And I thought the reaction from it was a little bit odd. You saw a tweet from the athletic beat writer, Eric Stevens, basically the GM saying, you know, was this meant to galvanize the group? He, Blake says no. And then the response from Todd McClellan, their head coach shortly after is, well, it should, you know, this is on all of us when you have, a loss like that and you have a string of defense and goaltending like that. So I think there's been a lot of magnification on Cal Peterson, but to me, Jason, what Cal Peterson and this situation speaks to is the unforced error that the LA Kings made in signing Cal Peterson to that contract. Think about when it was signed. The exact date was September 22nd, 2021. So it was a few weeks before playing his first game of the season in the final year of his contract. So to that point, Cal Peterson had played a grand total of 54 National Hockey League games. And yes, his numbers were good, but they still had Jonathan Quick locked up for a few more years. The contract for Peterson wasn't due to kick in until this season. So you sign him to three years times $5 million. And my question is, let's say Cal Peterson, who doesn't have the pedigree of some of these other young stars that have, have made it in the game and have earned big contracts, how much more would Cal Peterson have cost you, if any, had he gone out and proven again what we thought he might do, which he didn't. He fell flat on his face last season and had an 895 save percentage and lost his job to Jonathan Quick. They were expecting Peterson to take over and play the bulk of the games, which is why they signed him to the deal. 
and he played 37 out of 82. Why? That's my big question. Why? Why did you, why did you sign this contract? That's a fair question, right? It, uh, it was a bit of a head scratcher at the time. And, you know, I, I think they jumped the gun and were like, Hey, this is our goalie of the future, but you're right. Like he wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't like he was, you know, was going to walk. So it uh, probably another case of uh, premature signing, which happens to, to a lot of teams for lots of players. Right. I, you know, when a guy's entering the last year of his deal, especially when they're RFAs, I'm like, what's... He, well, he was going to be a UFA. So I get that part of it and wanting to lock him up, but 5 million bucks, like in today's day, with a flat cap, five million bucks is is a lot is somewhat a lot for a goalie, especially one that had only played fifty four games to that point. How much Calpe. more was he going to get? He's that old. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cal Peterson is twenty eight. Hmm. Well, even then, like after fifty four games. He can't sign until after the season anyway. So you have lots of time. I've never, it's, I've never understood. It's like people get concerned when so-and-so doesn't have a contract and you're in, uh, you're in November. You got seven months to negotiate. He doesn't always have to sign guys before the, uh, the end of the season. All right. Um, or sorry, before the start of the season, you can, I know people say they don't want to negotiate contracts, but every player always tells me, well, I let my agent do that. So either they're lying or, you know, they worry about it. And some guys play better, um, with, uh, you know, hey, guess what? I can really cash in here. And others don't like playing uh, without a contract. So I think it depends on the person. But if you're a guy who doesn't like playing without a contract, if I was a team, frankly, Frank, I would just look and say, okay, well, guess what? I'm not going to give you a massive raise before the year because I need to see it. And uh, that's what I, I would want to see it again. 100%. So there's a lot of people that subscribe to the theory that you don't know what an NHL goalie is until he's played 100 games. Oh God. Cause after you play 50, some teams begin to develop a book on you and it yep. might be easy for the first 50 to get by when teams don't know how to beat you. And after that you're in trouble mm-hmm. and only the true, really good goalies make it. Yeah, and, and if, I honestly think this is the best move for Cal Peterson's career, right? If, if he wants to get back on track, do it in the American League. You got to get some confidence, number one, right? Like that's, I don't care what position you're playing. If you don't have confidence, it's blatantly clear. And I don't think he has any confidence right now. And, and he's not the only one though, Frank. Jacob Markstrom came out. I am well, I, I was going to say, that's actually the perfect segue to talk about Jack Campbell because he was in the LA organization. And the first thing they did was send him to the AHL. Yeah. Well, if I was the Edmonton orders, there's two reasons why you could do it with Jack Campbell. Number one, he needs to find his game. He's got an 872. It's not like him and Cal Peterson are really any different at this point. Right. Um, sure. He was a free agent signing. So if you're worried about optics, optics, schmoptics, everybody knows what's going on here. You don't like what, what optics are you going to change by sending him down to the American league? Nothing. You're basically going to say, Hey, he's got to find his game. The only way to find his game is play. And Olivier Rodrigue right now in the American League, Frank, is standing on his head. So at least you, because they were like, well, who are you going to bring up? You're going to bring up Olivier Rodrigue, who's played great down in Bakersfield. Exceptionally well. Now, I'm not saying that just because you play great in the American League means you're going to come up and play great in the NHL. But you could you could bring him up and you could let Campbell go down. Maybe it's only for two weeks. But he's got to find his game because having Stuart Skinner play more of the games, which has happened lately, and giving Campbell more practice time, hasn't led to him playing any better. Like he had three goals in the first 14 shots in Minnesota last night. And you know what? None of them were awful goals, Frank, but none of them, like, especially the third goal. I'm like, he's making himself look like he's a, um, a U 17 goalie in size. He, he gave up the entire top of the net on the short side to a guy who's not a great goal scorer. Right. I'm like, why are you down so early here? You you made yourself so small that you opened up. Like, players in the NHL are pretty good last time I checked, Frank. If you give them eight inches in the top of the net, guess what? They're going to score there every time. If I were the Edmonton Oilers, I would sign or hire Dusty Emu as a goaltending consultant. And, yes, I know the Oilers have a ton of goaltending staff, but Dusty Emu – is the Jack Campbell whisperer. Hmm. That's the guy in AHL Ontario that changed Jack Campbell's career. Got him back on track. 
the Toronto Maple Leafs attempted to hire Jack um, Dusty Emu to help Jack Campbell and essentially be his personal uh, consultant, but he was fired for some tweets that he had sent out and or liked about Donald Trump. So the Leafs fired him, and I don't, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's just being a personal coach, you know, in the offseason, stuff like that. That's the guy, if I were the Oilers, I'd bring in very quietly. Work with Jack Campbell, whether it's in the AHL when he goes down, whether it's every off day during the season. Get that guy and get Jack Campbell right. Whatever you spend on Dusty Emu, whatever the blowback is socially, which I think we could argue doesn't there doesn't need to be any for someone that sent tweets. Um, get this guy right. It's a $25 million investment you've made. There's your option. There's a path. Hmm. Well, the, the American League, I think, is is the right path right now. Because Campbell, Campbell has a history of being extremely difficult and hard on himself. And, and I think that it's just going to fester and get worse. The NHL, we've talked about it, Frank. It's not a development league. You, you don't bring in young guys and hope they develop here. It's very hard to do. And, and I don't think it's a league where you can find your game. Like, it's ruthless. It's heartless. You think oppose, the opposing teams are licking their chops when they see Jack Campbell in goal. And if Jack Campbell is not feeling confident about himself, that's a recipe for disaster. And that's what we're seeing. Like he, he made, he made one good save last night when the game was five, two, and it was out of, it was out of reach. There was no, your team's playing the second night of back to back. Your team's decimated by injuries and you allow three goals in the first 14 shots. Like it's not good enough. It's just simply not good enough. No chance. And you're right. He just, he seems mentally shot. Yeah. And I don't I don't care if you send him to the AHL or you give him two weeks off with some invented injury or whatever you need to do in order to get him right. You do it. Yeah, I honestly to me, waiting longer isn't gonna help. Like now's the perfect time. Now's the perfect Everyone time. Everyone is expecting it now. Like it, you're not gonna hurt anyone's feelings or surprise anyone, or it it's we've ripped the band-aid off to that point. Stuart Skinner's gotten a run, an extended run in net. Stick with him. Yeah. Now, um, Markstrom comes out in Calgary after the game. And he didn't even let that many goals in last night, but he's like, hey, I'm not good at hockey right now. He obviously, I, I'm assuming he didn't really like the first goal clearly um, last night. What do you make of Markstrom's game? Because if he continues to struggle, Frank, that'll be two out of the three years because the first year of his contract wasn't great. Right. And then last year he was excellent. And now he's struggling. And he's struggling in a system that doesn't give up a ton. They've given up a lot more this year, though. Yeah, than, than last fair. year, sure. But still not, like you compare it to some other teams. It's not like the Flames are just a, a turnstile defensively. Yeah, this is the Vezina Trophy runner-up that we're talking about here. And I say this completely tongue-in-cheek when I ask it. Is there any chance that the Edmonton Oilers broke Jacob Markstrom last year? Like, is there a chance that just your confidence hasn't recovered yet? But it's funny. If you looked at even last year in the regular season, Frank, his numbers in non-Edmonton games were even better. It's just the Oilers and McDavid, they light him up. You're right. And it continued in the playoffs, but it had happened in the regular season. And even the year before, like, I I can't remember the stat, but they did Markstrom's numbers against Edmonton and then compared the rest of his games against everybody else. And it was shocking, the difference. So, he hasn't, he's only played Edmonton twice this year and they, and they split and he actually didn't even play. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I wonder if there's something to the idea that the first battle of Alberta that we had, it was the first week of the season, I think. And Dan Vladar started. And I was like, what kind of message does that send? If you're Daryl Sutter saying, Hey, wait a second here. This is our top goalie. And we're starting the other guy because his numbers are bad against Edmonton. Doesn't he need to get a fresh start and wipe the slate clean? Was that an early signal that maybe they're not looking at Jacob Markstrom the same way? Fair or unfair? Um, I like I know if I were coaching that team, I'd say get in there and figure it out. I want you to to no. to solve yeah, your well, problems. Because yeah, and that, he did lose his other game against Edmonton, right? When Markstrom played, and but he only allowed three goals. It wasn't like he. He was terrible, right? But three on 26 shots. So what's that? Like a eight, 84, 85 save percentage, somewhere around there. Um, so the, the, that early game was they had planned on giving him a rest and 
you know, we can debate whether it's right or wrong. It does. It doesn't look good when it's the team that you just lost to in the playoffs. So that I think, you know, that's fair, but then they did play in the second time and, you know, similar results. If you're just looking at say percentage, I don't think Markstrom was terrible in that game, but he still, he can't beat Edmonton. And uh, it's, it's funny, but you know, since the Edmonton game, he's really been up and down. They, they have that. That's like over a month ago. Right. So he had some really strong performances after the Edmonton game. So uh, I don't it's know. Weird. It's a really weird season because his save percentage has struggled 889, but he yeah. has eight of Calgary's 10 wins. And that's why I thought the other night when Florida came in, it was really important and an interesting point in the season for Sutter to go to Dan Vladar, the first game of a longer ish homestand, you coming off a long road trip. And Vladar had played two out of the last three. And then you go to Vladar again to start the homestand to make it three of four. And yet he had only one win this season. So part of that, there's a lot that goes into it, but Vladar 913 save percentage. There's no question which goalie's giving your team a better chance to win, but hadn't much to show for it. And then finally got that win over Florida and now is in a spot where it feels like, especially after Markstrom flogged himself publicly, he's feeling the heat. Like he is like, you can tell that Vladar is, is taking charge a little bit. And that it seems like that part also might be wearing on him. Like, like you look at Markstrom in his last, what is it? Uh, uh, 11 starts. He's only faced 30 shots four times. Right. And the most was 35. Like last night, it was he only faced 19 shots, 25, 25, 23, 23. So Calgary still doesn't get now shots are one thing. Maybe they're giving up a high. I got to look it up to see if they're giving a massive amount of high quality chances or not. But um, I wonder if if Markstrom and I have to go back and look last year are is he a guy who struggles because he's not getting any shots? Some goal is, you know, when you go long stretches, Frank, and you're not you're not feeling the puck like Marty Brodeur was one of the few goalies who's ex, who excelled at. He'd go long and never get any shots. Whereas other guys are like, I need lots of goalies will tell you every goalie I've talked to says it's easier to play when you get lots of shots and when you don't. Right. Um, Cause Markstrom, he's only allowed four goals, in like four out of 11 games, which if you go around the league, that's, that's not a ridiculous amount. His save percentage looks terrible because he'll allow three goals on 26 shots. Yeah. Right? It, or, his actual average for this season is 26 shots against per game. Yeah. 441 divided by 17 starts. Yeah. So it's not, he's not facing a ton of rubber and he obviously, you know, he's got high standards for himself. I think it's better when a goalie comes out like Markstrom's not the guy who's, who's down on himself all the time. He just allowed two goals. He said it after a game where he allowed two, not after a game where he allowed seven and six. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. So i just looked at Vladar's numbers. He's allowed, or he's seen an average of 34 shots a game. Maybe that's why the save percentage is better. 100%. Yes, because sometimes you know why such I, a big delta between one goalie to the other is it just a statistical oddity. Is it like a weird home and road split? Thirty-four shots against versus twenty-six is a pretty big difference. Yeah, I and guess, which teams are they playing? Right, because some teams are high-volume shot teams. They shoot from everywhere, and you know that can can play. So, so Vladar played against Florida the other night, and the Flames held them to uh, thirty-three against a Florida team that averages north of forty. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. I'm, I, like, it's it's very odd. Yeah, I'd like to see what his save above expected is, right? And how many quality chances? Because you know your, your extra shot totals right there is probably differentiates the uh, the save the save percentage from the two of them for sure, right? Because you know if uh, you're allowing three goals a game and the other guy allows three, but you face twenty six shots and he faces thirty three, and those extra seven shots are those gimmies from the outside. You know what I mean? We, every team does it sometimes. You come down the wing, top of the circle wrister and the goal is just like thank you right so who knows that's uh but yeah markstrom's got to play better for sure um I, I think the fact he called himself out i'd actually prefer that to be honest um and then they're not the only team though i now, never like uh, to see that we're gonna see martin time in vancouver frank as demko left last night in in a lot of pain and uh you think though that he this is he's been playing hurt prior to last night I can't, I've got no confirmation on it. This is pure speculation on my part, but there have been whispers that Demko has been banged up for the bulk of the season. 
Like nothing overwhelming that would keep him out, but I think it's been like nagging hip and groin, you know, issues and or strains. And I think where that team was at in the season, Thatcher Demko deserves a lot of credit for trying to battle through because he wanted to try and make a difference and, um, and put that team in a spot to try and turn things around. Obviously to this point, something's up. Like he's got a pretty significant string of history in the NHL that this season is a real clear statistic outlier. And, and I believe that is a big reason why he hasn't been the same. And, and really, you know, goaltending across the league, Frank, like there's, there's so many guys that if you look, it's so volatile, like even Shesterkin is, is not like he talked about his game and he's not happy with how he's played. He feels he's letting too many soft goals, his words, not mine. And you know, you, you know, you look at Jordan Biddington in St. Louis, he's sub 900 flurry. What was up with that hit that he tried to lay last night? <laughs> Did you see that? It's in my, uh, if you didn't, it's in my Twitter feed. I, I retweeted the gif of it. Like, is there a bigger fake tough guy in the league than Jordan Bennington? Well, that's what Devin Dubnik said on the pod. He's like, Hey, I'd like to see him, but you know what? Someone like just he tries hey. to drill Jordan stall coming behind the net and he yeah. absolutely gets struck. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw the video. I was chuckling, but Hey, you know what? At least, at least on a play like that, I'm like, okay, he wants to try to hit someone. Well, he gets trucked then. Okay. There you go. Um, I think it's maybe that's why he has pretended to fight guys and has never done it. Like, I just like to see him for all the bravado do it one time. Just just, do it. Hey, we, uh, Ray Emery would fight, you know, for a goalie a lot of the time. So I'm sure even against sometimes unwilling combatants, I've seen it. Yeah. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, I I made a tongue in cheek joke one time. And that time he pummeled Braden Holpe. I gave him the third star of the game and I've never been allowed to select the three stars again. (laughs) True story. That's hilarious. That is Uh, a true story. The fans in Philly absolutely erupted. The Flyers are losing seven to one. Emery skated down the other end of the ice. Braden Holpe shook him off. And at some point, Ray Emery just grabbed him and they fought and it was not pretty for Braden Holpe. And I just, yeah, it was a total tongue in cheek joke. And I voted him as third star and that did not go over well because, you know, everyone takes the three stars. So seriously. Yeah. It's not, um, it's a joke half the time when you see them. So Frank, just, just for uh, any of our uh, viewers, listeners, there's 38 goalies now that have played at least 10 games in the NHL. So, you know, that's basically you know, one, just above one per team. Cal Peterson, 868. That's the lowest save percentage. Jack Campbell, 872. Bobrovsky, 878. Demko, 883. Capo Kakinen, uh, 884. That's the bottom five. And, you know, Jonathan which one are you in- most concerned about? Well, I'd probably be most concerned about Bobrovsky because he makes 10 mil. Oh, well, <laughs> right. Like, um, the you know, Florida Thatcher Panthers Dem- have long been since concerned about that. Yeah. Thatcher Demko, if, if he was banged up, that one, you know, when a goalie's not 100%, I think it's pretty clear. Um, but if you're the Edmonton Orders, you're highly concerned about, um, about Jack Campbell. And, and I think that's the one because, you know, he doesn't have a no movement clause. He has a no trade clause, which means he can be waived. And so, and you have a conversation. You have a very honest conversation. Jack, we need you to get your game back. It's really hard to get your game back in the NHL. We're going to go to the American League. Now, I know some will counter and say, well, getting your game back in the American League isn't great either because it's less skilled shooters. The game is a little bit sloppier. I'm like, well, so what? But there's less pressure. Maybe you just go down there and you play and you're out of the spotlight. And, you know, it's not like Bakersfield. There's, you know, it's different than if you were to go down to Toronto and you go to the Marlies where everybody's going to cover your game still. It's in the same city, right? It's, it's very different. You go to Bakersfield, you can be a little bit out of sight, uh, out of mind. So I, the one I'm most concerned about, if I was a team, would be Florida. But I think the one that needs the, the most urgency to be fixed is Edmonton. Yeah, I would totally agree because, let's face it, and Skinner's been really good, but Campbell was signed and there's a huge chunk of their cap chewed up for the next four seasons after this on Campbell. So this is not like they're in a spot where they can just 
you know, wash this away after the season and reboot and start over. It's not going to happen. They made a bet and they're going to need to live with it. I would say there's less urgency on Cal Peterson because they have Jonathan Quick, who is still only 32nd in the league in save percentage at 889. But at least Quick can carry the ball for a while. I'm most concerned about Cal Peterson's game of the group because we've seen a, a long stretch Peterson, including last season, well south of 900 save percentage at 895 that would speak to this being a 50-some game problem that's going on for Cal Peterson. Yeah, so uh, I do I do have to talk about it, Frank, because I love offense. Jason Robertson, a hat trick last night. He's up to 22 goals now on the season for the Dallas Stars. Uh, leads the NHL in goals. He's second in points behind Connor McDavid. And, you know, he like there's nothing about Robertson's game that makes you think, oh, like, sure, he has a little bit high of a shooting percentage. Look at every player who, when you score that many goals, you always have a high shooting percentage. It's just how it goes. And I look at Jason Robertson and the the type of goals he's scoring, Frank, is is so impressive. Like he's emerging now as a as a legit goal scorer. And you know, he's putting himself not there yet, but in the ranks of dry side and Ovechkin and Pasternak and Matthews, of course. And it is man, he's on pace for 76. Yeah, if I'm Dallas Stars fan right now, I am uh, I am pretty jacked up because it it looks like you know. 60 goals and stuff, Frank, like the, Matthews just did it, but it's a massive number. I, I'm never, it seems, know, it seems doable. 60 though, seems doable based on where he's at. He yeah, needs well, 38 to get there. Yeah, it's plausible. There's no question about it. And but I'm like, not as concerned about his shooting percentage as you are, because he proved last year with 18.6 that something in that neighborhood is sustainable. He's at 21.2%. Yeah. Well, he dry did side 18.6 over, over an entire season. So, because of the location of his goals scored, many of them very close to the net. It's like Shaq and slam dunks. Like, yeah, his shooting percentage is pretty high. Well, you look at the, um, at, well, and, and he would be the first member ever in the Dallas Stars, organi- Stars organization to, to get uh, 60. And really, you look at it, they haven't had, like Mike Medano had 50 once way back in 94, and then if you look at the organization, of course, the Narstars, Dino Cicerelli twice and Brian Bellows, that's it. They've only ever had three guys who scored 50 goals. And, and the most was Bellows and Cicerelli. They each scored 55. Jason Robertson's got a legit shot to set the franchise record of 56. Hmm. I say he hits 60. 60. Ooh. I was saying 55 earlier this season. But I'm thinking 60. Think it's 60. Well, uh, I, I love to see it, man. I love goals. So, uh, and 16 of those are at even strength, by the way. Yes. Yeah. He's not, uh, but you know what? I never get too caught up in that. Like, if scoring goals in the power play was so easy, why don't more guys do it all the time? Like, uh, yeah, me, I'm not caught up in it. I'm just yeah. saying, like, it's you don't need to rely on getting the man advantage to score the bulk of your goals, is all is the only point I'm making. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, bring in Tyler Uremchuk. Ty. Happy Friday. How you doing? I'm good. And I'm clean shaven. So you guys have that going for He's you. Allowed you near to... school zones. Yay. Uh, all right. You let's get it. Into... Very long. Eh? Well, did you shave that off at like no at midnight on November 30th? I did. Uh, I tried to do a funny bit on my Oilers Nation everyday show where I did. I pre-taped like the first 20 seconds and I was like, oh, it's November. I can shave again. And then I ran my intro. And then when I came back, I was clean shaven. And I don't think anyone noticed because you couldn't really tell I had a mustache anyway. So the joke kind of fell flat on its face. Didn't work. Yeah, a little okay. dirt there. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into buy or sell. As always, delivered by our friends at DoorDash, where you can use the promo code GAMEDAY25 to get yourself 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Number one, you guys just talked about Jason Robertson, him, Connor McDavid. They're one and two in the Hart Trophy race on Points Bet Canada. If you, Finally. Had to out, if you had to fill out a ballot right now, McDavid, Robertson, and who would be the third member? McDavid, Robertson, and blank, I guess I should say. Uh, Jason, who you got? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, 
I would go Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon's had a little, he had a little slow start, but man, he has been on fire for the last six weeks. So I'll go McKinnon. Hmm. Right now, I would go Mitch Marner. Ooh. I'll have another question about Marner and Robert. Jack Hughes yeah. is also on my list as well on my watch. He's been great. McKinnon, though, to, to your point, Jason, McKinnon had an unbelievable night last night, not just scoring the goals, but he made this unbelievable play with like three and a half minutes left to chase down Jack Quinn, who was on a clear cut shorthanded breakaway, basically saved the lead for the avalanche. It was unreal. Um, but McKinnon, were is, you uh, watching that game because you bet on it or? Yeah, absolutely. I had the puck line, so I had to turn on the game for the final five minutes to see if they could get me the empty netter. <laughs> I was trying to figure out why Tyler would be watching Sabres abs, and I was like, oh, that's it. What is the yeah. puck line for people who don't know? Uh, just a team to win by at least two goals, two goals or more. So, you know, so puck you're line basically gambling on empty netters, essentially. Yeah, you need all the empty season netter. long. Um, all right. 50 goal scores. I've had this question banked for a while because I asked it to you guys at the beginning of the season. And now that it's been, you know, kind of seven weeks of the year, we will finish the year with blank 50 goal scorers in the NHL. Frank. Oh God. Now I need to look at the list. Um, I will say. I'll go. Go ahead. I will say, I'll say four. McDavid, Robertson, Dreisaitl, Matthews. Oh, I think you're leaving some guys short. What? Yo, yo, hold on a second here. We have a a violation. The Tage Thompson fan club president has now been ejected. (laughs) No, 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 no. Hey, by the way, uh, I I got my shirt and I should wear it. But, you know, hey, he's got 15 and 24, which puts Mm -hmm. him right on the cusp to score 50. I just think like 50 is really hard. And, and last year we had lots of guys get close and then like, will Tage Thompson fin- finish with 48 or 49? Probably it's 50 is hard. So nothing so, against, Hey, you guys all your, thought Tage wasn't worth his again? contract, buddy. So I still love and Tage Thompson. <laughs> Tage don't, don't believe the haters. 50 goals though is a different thing. Who are your four again? Sorry. McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Robertson and Matthews. So you Matthews go no on Horvat. Now, Bo Horvat's not going to score 50. Come on. Okay, so I'm going to add into the chat Andrei Svechnikov, a volume shooter, and Kirill Kaprizov, who I think will be better than he has been to start and has still been pretty damn good. And I am going to give an... uh, He's an outside, outside chance, but the Cole Caulfield watch is on. Whoa. So you're saying as many as seven? Yeah, I'm, uh, yes. Did you, did you have, uh, you had Pasternak, right? No, he didn't. I did not have Pasternak. Oh, okay. I'm adding Pasternak too. Yeah. That's the one guy guy that I think, um, you know, definitely could do it. He's flirted with it. He scored lots. There's no, uh, you know, he's consistently being a guy that's around it. And I think he's on pace for 52 right now. So and the other thing, Frank, is like for some guys, all that happens is you miss three or four games due to a little nicked up injury, and that can derail you. I want to yeah, add man. one point that I can't believe we're saying this. Neither one of us has Austin Matthews. No, I said Matthews. You said Matthews. Oh, okay. Yeah, he has Are six you not goals. Matthews, Frank? Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm really torn because like he's got he's he's not that far away. Well, he is pretty far away pace wise. He's on pace for forty, I think. He's got 12 goals now. He's got six in his last 10. But yeah, he's he's, he's on pace. He's for, on pace yeah. for 39. Yeah. So he'll heat it, up. It's, it's within the realm. You think he's going to heat up and get there? Yes, I do. I do. I just think he's too good. Like we, We've seen what he does when he gets hot, and he's starting to get hot again. So I, you uh, should also uh, include or at least consider, and maybe you did, Stamkos who has played a couple fewer games True. just based on schedule. He, he would absolutely destroy the NHL record because it would be 11 years between 50 goals and the current longest gap ever was five. He's on wow. pace for 46. And he hit his 1,000th career point all with the Tampa Bay Lightning 
on Thursday night, but he's mm-hmm. on pace for 46. Last year he hit 42, so a slightly better run. He's also playing a bit more minutes, a minute and a half more per game, and he looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Robertson, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pasternak would be uh, my only four that I had as 50-goal scorers. Uh, the Seattle Kraken can't be stopped. Uh, they had another just thrilling comeback win last night against the Washington Capitals. They are on pace for 117 points this year. The question is, the Seattle Kraken will finish the year with blank points. Frank? Mm. 95. Hmm. And Tyler, we talked about this on Oilers Nation every day on Thursday. But Jay, this becomes a very simple math problem. Yeah, their goaltending save percentage? No, just points. They've already banked 33. That means to get to 95, they only need 62 in their last 59 games. Oh, yeah. 62 in their last 59. Like, it, it... you're looking at a five ten points percentage. They're playing at seven seventeen right now, which is not sustainable. I don't think it's crazy, but five ten five twenty is eminently doable in the NHL. They've got a lot of bottom barrel Eastern Conference teams that they have not played their season series with yet. If you look at their schedule, there is a roadmap for the Seattle Kraken to be a playoff team. I'm not sold that they're a hundred point team, but I am very close to saying that they're going to be a playoff team based on math alone. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. I look at um, and Seattle and the reason I don't think they're going to keep pace with where they're at is Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer who have started 22 of the 23 games for Seattle have a combined 889 save percentage. You, you, you can't you know how much better that is than last year. That's the scariest part. Yeah. Wow. They were 872 last year. <laughs> or 868 for a large stretch. Yeah. So I think eventually um, they will slow down. But as you've said, Frank, they banked a ton of points. Um, but I'm I'm gonna say Seattle, they'll be battling on the uh, right in for the wild card spot. I, I firmly believe that. And uh, I will say that uh, they finish with 94 points which might be enough to get in. Ooh, it's right. going to be close, but I want to point something out too. I'm just looking for the stat so I get it right. Their shooting percentage is a league-leading 13.1. Yeah. Well, all, everybody's yelling, PDO, PDO. So they're, um, The league average this year, just so you know, is 10 on the dot, and they're at 13.1. They are a almost a full percentage point higher than the next closest team, the Dallas stars, which scores a ton of their goals in tight. As we talked about with Jason Robertson, that save percentage their shooting percentage. See, this is why I'm not that worried about it. Cause as I think as the shooting percentage is likely to decrease, it's probably likely that their save percentage will increase a tick as well. Don't you think? and regress a little bit to the mean, or do you think their goalies are just no good? Well, Martin Jones hasn't Martin Jones. When was the last time Martin Jones has a 900 save percentage? He actually, uh, well, I'd have to check it, but I believe with the flyers. Um, Oh yeah. Okay. So, so his last, here's Martin Jones's last five years, 896, 896, 896, 900. And now he's at 893. Like, okay. So hold on a second. Hold on. So that's over the last 190 games, five seasons, his save percentage is 897. That is a ton of sample size to suggest that Martin Jones is exactly an 897 goalie. Mm-hmm. And this year he's at 893. So he's bound to probably tick up a bit, as I'm saying. This proves my point. And the Kraken team save percentage or team shooting percentage is likely to decrease. All you're looking for is 520 hockey, baby. Gets you right into the playoffs. Oh yeah, well I they can they can make it. I just don't like the pace that they're on. They're not going to maintain that pace. It's just yeah. the, the numbers are gonna are gonna sort themselves out. 
Does this not kind of feel like what we did with Vegas, though, in their inaugural season when, like, it was getting to November and we're like, all right, like, come on, they're not this good. And then it got to December and January and it's like, well, their goaltending will fall off. Like, just you see. And then yeah, it just but, never did. But they had Flurry, no offense. Like, But true. he was banged up, remember, right? And they're playing yeah. Manny Lagasse or whatever. That's true. They did have a few backups. They, right remember, they, they, they went through a run of, like, it was incredible that year. Some of the guys that they put in net. Oscar Donsk was uh yeah, he played three games and was lights out. It was nuts. I think um was Malcolm Subban there as well? Yeah. They, they went through a whole run of guys that was incredible. Yeah, they, they all pretty they much never had, missed a beat. They all pretty much had career years and short stints and then never came close again. Dylan Ferguson cool. played a game, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that was a game in Edmonton as well. They had lit up whoever started, and Ferguson was on like emergency recall from the Kamloops Blazers. And they had to like throw him in net that year in all of his Blazers gear after the Oilers put up six on someone. All right. For, uh, uh, sorry, Subban and and uh, Max Legace, I think is how you say his name. They combined for 33 starts that year, which is bananas. <laughs> they made the playoffs. Wild. All right, let's wrap this up with our points by Canada bonus question. They got odds up every day for your NHL slates, and they got odds up on uh, the guys who are who have their point streaks going. Every game, you can bet on Mitch Marner or Jason Robertson to get a point. You just get no value on it because they're so hot. Your question is, uh, do either of them see their point streaks? Robertson's is at 17. Marner's is at 18. Do either of them see the point streaks hit 20? Jason? Yeah, Marner, you know what? He just had the empty netter in, in late in the game, which is a, usually that happens for every player on a, on, a, on a point streak. And then, you know, he gets some early. So I'm going to say Marner gets into the 20s, as does Robertson. I think both are going to get in the 20s. Okay, well, if that is the case, then they're both going to play each other yeah. next weekend with those point streaks on the line. And I'm going to say my bold prediction is one of them loses their point streak. It ends in that specific game Ooh, the head-to-head yes well that would be some motivation for your teammates right hey guys let's shut our guy gets it let's shut the other guy down all right yeah a little money on the board situation if they can get to 20 it would be the first time since patrick kane in 2019 that uh, someone had a point streak hit the 20 game mark that is a wrap on this week's edition of buy or sell delivered by doordash If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Now, before we go, Frank, I want to get to uh, Alex Formanton, who uh, did not sign a contract uh, by December 1st, so he can't play in the NHL this year. Really interesting situation that unfolded. 
And I think every team in the league was asking themselves the question, why have we reached mid or late November and the Sens have made not really even a passable attempt to sign Alex Formanton? And immediately, given the Sens situation, given that they have oodles of cap space, given that they have a need for depth, given that Formanton played the most minutes on the penalty kill last season of all the returning or somewhat uh, players who had a chance to return for the Sens among forwards, why didn't they attempt to sign him? And I think the answer or speculation that ran in league circles was that perhaps there is some connection between Formanton playing on the 2018 World Junior Team for Team Canada and his potential involvement in the sexual assault case uh, that is now being investigated by both the NHL and the London, Ontario police service. So that's where the speculation was. The Sens really tried hard to move him in the last days leading up to the December 1st deadline. I don't think people really got a sense of how hard or how close it came to that happening. I think it went down into the last hours before the deadline of five o'clock. I think the Vegas golden Knights were the team that was in there the deepest on potentially trying to trade for him. And other teams that I spoke to as the Sens were looking for a second round pick in return to said, look, really intrigued by the player, but after everything that's happened, the risk is just too great for our team. And there were other teams that just Jason said, we're not in this conversation at all. We don't want no. any parts of touching this and we're going to move on. So it depends on how you view it. Um, but I think what's interesting to me is that what do the Sens know and why is it that there was alleged to be eight Team Canada players in the room as the sexual assault happened? Why are those other seven players that are still playing in the NHL playing right now penalty-free without prejudice as the season has gone on? Why is Alex that Formanton treated differently right now than any of the other guys that might have been in the room? It's a good question, Frank. Um, I don't know the answer. I'm just asking. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I really don't know any of the details, and I would never speculate because I, I, this is stuff that needs to be proven in court. I, you know, I think, man, they've basically hung a neon sign up for Alex Formanton that says guilty, that I wonder well, if there's depending on what happens and what comes out in the facts. Is there a case here for Alex Formanton afterwards? Well, maybe, but it is interesting. Formanton, if I'm not mistaken, is the only guy who didn't release a statement publicly saying that he wasn't involved. Right. Yeah. So, which also means there's other people that did release statements that lied based on sheer math. Yeah. Now was it the rumor of other people in the room? Weren't some of them supposedly junior players that weren't on team Canada? See, I, I don't know how to cut through fact or fiction, but the point is, or at least what's been reported, is that there were eight. I don't know who or when or how. And then there was a, a statement from another player, I think a story that Rick Westhead had at TSN, where he was invited to the room and was told that there was pizza there and went to the room and then, I guess, apparently stood there and watched for a bit and then left, which is still mind-blowing to me. Like, you see what's alleged to have occurred occurring. Don't you just connect like, Hey, there's no pizza here. I'm out. Like if you stand and watch to me, you're just as culpable as some others. Yeah. It's well, eventually the story you would assume will, will come out and, and you're right. You can't speculate, but uh, you know, Formanton's silence and the fact that no one signed him. Yeah. You're right. Frank, it points the arrows to say he's guilty. Now maybe he isn't, I have no idea, but it definitely uh, seems that, the, you know, he's played a significant role in whatever occurred that night, you know, and, and whatever allegations are there. Um, so it, it, what if he isn't guilty? I'm not, yeah, no, that's sad. fair. If he, so I if just he, think, if he did why are all wrong? these other guys that haven't been prejudged? Yeah. Why well, if he, he did nothing one? wrong, then you're right. He might have a, you know, then he might have a case to say, Hey, wait a sec. But, and then the, the one question would be asked is why did he say nothing when everybody else said they weren't involved? 
Yeah, it's it's a. I don't think we've ever seen a case like this that's played out. Alex Formanton is the first NHL player in salary cap era history to sit out an entire season as a restricted free agent. Uh, the last person to do so was Michael Pekka in 2000-2001. The Buffalo Sabres captain did not have a contract and did not that play that up. season. Yeah. But that was an entirely different circumstance and set yeah, of facts. Yeah, very different. Yeah, you'd like to see that that story and, you know, just have everything come out and find out uh, what's happening with the case and, and everything else involved. We're getting close. Uh, I can tell you that. Um, the NHL's case, as TSN reported last week, is, quote, substantially complete, their investigation. And they are waiting on the London Police Service to finish their investigation, which, of course, they reopened in the summer as everything blew up with Hockey Canada. And there's the possibility that charges will be laid. There's the possibility that significant suspensions will be handed out. Uh, but the league is not willing to go forward and release their investigation until they compare notes with the London police service, because you don't want to come out afterwards. And then it finds that you find out that the London police service either found something that you missed or you got something wrong. So those two sides are going to compare notes before ultimately um, handing out some punishment. So let's say Formanton hypothetically, allegedly is involved. Would this year be considered a suspension? I don't know. I mean, he's a, he was effectively suspended by the Sens, but the Sens would probably argue that Formanton had the ability to accept a qualifying offer, and he didn't. They put a qualifying offer just like any other restricted free agent in front of him, and he declined which means that's usually just part of the process. Yes. Guys decline their, their qualifying offer all the time to negotiate for a higher salary. And in this case, he passed on it. And if he signed it, he'd probably be playing right now. Hmm. Well, definitely a story to watch for. Frank, uh, have yourself a, a wonderful uh, weekend. We will have an NHL general manager join us on the pod on Monday. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Cervalli and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.